Hello and welcome to the Ripples in Space podcast. I'm John Davis. And this is Kate Reagan. Thank you so much for joining us once again on another fine Sunday morning, afternoon, somewhere in the middle, depending on where you are in the world. And uh, we have some exciting flash fiction for you today. So uh, stay tuned to hear the story Missing Things by Paul Bryant. And then we'll probably chat about it a little bit. So thank you for joining us. And without any further talking, here we go. Paul Stephen Bryant was born and raised in Florence, South Carolina. He is currently pursuing an MFA in creative nonfiction writing at Georgia College and State University. Missing Things by Paul Bryant The sun screams into my eyelids, so I wake up. Last night I decided to sleep under this oak tree because it gave me enough shade. I knew that if it were still here by morning that I would be able to sleep through sunrise. The tree did not last that long. I sit up and look around the place that used to be a park. The slide, the fountain, and the trail are all still here. It seems to me that the only things that are missing are the tree I slept under and the iron swing set. Today was a lucky day. I woke up to find only two things missing. I take the trail down to the fountain and bathe in it. I don't even remember to look around to see if anyone else is nearby. There would be no one else nearby anyway. The water is cold against my body. I observe the scars on my forearms. They look pink, like old-fashioned lipstick in the summer sun. Or at least I think it is summer. I shake the water off like a dog and put my pants back on my damp legs. I hold my shoes in my left hand and put my shirt over my shoulder. I hope that the water won't disappear from my body because of the heat. I hope that if anything had to disappear, that it would be my shirt. Because if my shirt disappeared, then this would be an easy fix. I would walk down some abandoned highway that would lead me to some abandoned town that would lead me to some abandoned department store that would hopefully have at least one shirt in my size. Shoes are harder to come by. They do not vanish in pairs. Many a time I have waddled across the grassy plains and concrete streets of former America with a boot on one foot and a tennis shoe on the other. I am lucky to be carrying the exact same pair of tennis shoes now. It has been lonely ever since the parallel universe incident. The discovery was all over the news until the newspapers disappeared. One of the last memories I have of watching the television was looking at a sweating male anchor who could not even force a smile on his face. He had said that the scientists realized their mistake. He said that the physical cosmologists, the condensed matter physicists, and the analytical chemists realized that nature is all about balance after the fact. Sending the American flag into another universe meant that other things needed to go into different universes to balance out this shift in matter and energy of which nature was unprepared for. There were no patterns in the disappearances, and Earth was not the only place where things went missing. The last news show ever held in the United States posited the discovery that Gliese 1061, part of the Horologium constellation, went missing. The nights have been getting darker ever since. Like the scientists who once inhabited this planet, I believe that the vanishing is randomly indiscriminate. Sometimes entire objects disappear 
like the oak tree and the slide in the park I woke up in. But I have seen parts of things left over. I have seen trees turned on their sides because the roots have vanished. Steel bridges perfectly cut apart like cookies. And guns that fell from their racks at pawn shops because their barrels disappeared. One time, I found a human leg left in the middle of a pedestrian walkway. It's dried brown blood staining a white rectangle. I remembered that it rained the day before my discovery. This meant that the disappearance must have been relatively fresh, within 24 hours. It looked to be a woman's leg, and for a moment, I wished I would have lived in that town so I could have spent my time with her. But then I realized that in the end, she would only have left me with a leg to bury. So I hope when I disappear, I will disappear completely. I hope my heart doesn't disappear by itself, so that I won't feel the pain that comes from a severed organ, or feel the blood leak into a newly formed fistula. If a part of me disappears, I hope it is my brain. This way my death will be immediate. I won't have time to be aware of my death, so I wouldn't have to experience the fear of dying. I would be walking somewhere to try and find something, maybe a can of beans or a bottle of water, and my body would just collapse. My life would be somewhere else without my body even knowing it. Now my body doesn't know what time it is. I stop walking on this once upon a time highway and look up to the sky. I see the sun perched almost directly above me. It must be sometime around noon. The fountain water didn't vanish from my body. But it could have, and its effect would have been about the same. The fountain water quickly got mixed in with my sweat and evaporated. I saw a blue sign a while back that said there used to be a Shell, Exxon, and Texaco stations up ahead. As I go up the exit hill, another sign tells me that they're all towards the right. I pray that I will find all three buildings there, perfectly intact, with all their gas pumps, windows, and trash bins. I know this doesn't necessarily mean that they will have any useful supplies inside, but this sight would help me forget about the vanishing world. As I reach the top of the hill, I turn towards the direction of where the exit arrow pointed. I see the Texaco and the Exxon sitting side by side, the shell station across from them, all with their own signs, logos, and faded parking places. I stare at them for so long I hurt my eyes. Nothing has ever looked more beautiful than their metal canopies glinting in the sun. But these buildings are not intact. On the outside, nothing has disappeared, but their windows are broken. I had hoped that these windows would be unscathed, so I wouldn't have to put shoes on in the sweltering heat. But this is not the case. The Texaco station is first. I scrummage through the garbage bins and find empty soda cans, receipts, and one pacifier. Nothing of use. I unscrew a window's squeegee head and place the wand in my back pocket. Maybe I can find a department store that has some string and a knife or scissors so I can fashion a spear. I hope the wand doesn't disappear before then. But if it does, this won't change much. The only animals I have been able to catch are squirrels, and a spear would splatter half the meat. This is not optimal. The inside of the Texaco station looks like the inside of all the other abandoned gas stations. It is dark inside, but there is enough light from the broken windows so that I can make out outlines of shapes. There is almost nothing on the shelves. 
I know from past experience that the floor is alive with broken glass and an amalgamation of expired foodstuffs. There are probably some melted chocolate bars inside unbroken or leaky wrappers, some open potato chips and pork rind bags with the contents scrunched and strewed, and some punctured beverage canisters with contents that spilled out and evaporated long ago. My main quest is water, and my second quest is food. I shuffle my feet, expecting to hear a wrapper crinkle, or feel a bottle rolling off my foot in between the sounds of sliding glass. But I hear a crunch. It was the sound of glass. The sound didn't come from my feet. The noise came from behind the counter. It was probably just some raccoon or ferret, but as I walk to the cash register, I make out two dark human eyes staring at me. It must be a mirror. I blink twice to make sure, but they don't blink back. It is a person. It, it is most definitely a person. I, I, I can't control my body. I have no thoughts. I don't know what to say, how to say it. I don't know if I should say anything at all. I don't know if I should run away from here. I, I don't know if I will die right here. I don't know if I should want to disappear right this second. Are you okay? That was my voice. My body must have decided on saying something. There is silence. The eyes blink. The person behind the counter says nothing. I realize I don't know how long I have been standing here, looking at those eyes in silence. I realize this, and then I concentrate on the silence. The silence is helping me rekindle my thoughts. I haven't died yet. This person must not want to kill me. Or if they do, they will wait for a more opportune time. Maybe they will track me and kill me and take what little I have. But now is not the time to think about this. Now is the time to play it safe. I won't hurt you, but I am armed. I will leave now if you promise not to come after me. The eyes close and exhale. Then they open. They seem lighter than before as if the weight of the world was lost through what I said. I was scared for a second, but you seem as scared as me. It is a woman's voice. And that was... Missing Things by Paul Bryant. So, uh, kind of an ode to the the washing slash dryer stealing a sock, or, you know, the unexplained disappearance of your cell phone. Really? That's how you're going to go with that? <laughs> Things going into an alternate universe? Your, your socks get eaten by the washer and they go to an alternate universe? I imagine that that was, was definitely the inspiration behind <laughs> this story. 100%. <laughs> That's how I took it anyway. No, I really liked the story a lot. Um, it's quirky. It's funny. Kind of a cool, like, is this an Adam and Eve type deal going on at the end? You know, lots of, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've always liked alternate parallel universe type things. It's They're cool. It's fun. It's fun to think about. I, I enjoyed it too. The thing that made me a little freaked out though was that the, I guess our hero of the story talking about how they he found a human leg. Like this person got severed as they got sucked into an alternate universe and there's this just severed leg in the middle of the street. Like that's a little freaky to think about. 
Oh uh, yeah, definitely not super lighthearted. A bit, a bit dark, a bit serious, but all things considered, a very um, a fun read and uh, definitely kept me interested. Yes, so thank you very much, Paul, for sending that to us. Um, if you listening out there in the universe like to write flash fiction stories of the science fiction or the fantasy nature, we encourage you to submit them. Uh, you can check us out on Submittable on our page and see where you can submit for our podcast. Yeah, and just a quick shout out. Thanks to everybody so far who's been submitting to us in 2020. Um, so far, we've been getting a lot of great stories. So thank you so much. Uh, as always, be sure to follow us on social media. We are relatively active. I'm not so good at Instagram. I should be better. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, we have an Instagram. We have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. So, you know, go ahead and support us. Ripples in space, all that jazz. Uh, thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week. From all of us here at Ripples in Space, cheers from the void. Bye.